Hello, um, welcome back to another episode of Dentistry Podcast. Uh, today, I'm joined by Neil Richardson, Senior Financial Consultant for Wesleyan. Um, and we're going to be talking about pensions ahead of Pension Awareness Day on September 15th. Neil, I feel like this isn't really a day that's talked about often. It definitely isn't. And it, it's definitely something people need to, to have more awareness of and start to, to plan. Uh, and really think about as early as possible in the career. So it's a shame it's not highlighted as much as it could be. And it's great that it's now got its own awareness day. Absolutely. I've always said, I think this is more and more people say this when they start to hit adulthood is they, they get quite frustrated that things like pensions aren't really taught about even at secondary school level. Um, and there's a real lack of awareness about what, it, what they are and, and why they're required and when you should start thinking about them. Um, and I can imagine that's particularly relevant for the dental industry. It absolutely is, and it, it's it's so important because it's it's unfortunately not a common enough occurrence for young dentists to come to us and say, "I know I need to start planning now for my pension." And unfortunately, the, the common theme that we find is is that the later that somebody starts, the less and less choices they have. And I think ultimately, the thing that all of us value in life is, is choices. Uh, flexibility and, and not being forced to do something that you would you would not choose to for example work, working beyond your chosen retirement age definitely I think it's safe to say probably everybody listening doesn't want to do that <laughs> definitely the case yeah <laughs> so so I mean obviously you you know what you're talking about when it comes to pensions so today we're going to hope you can sort of shed some light on maybe some key points that dentists can, can and dent, other dental team members can walk away with um, and what, what are some of these when it comes to understanding retirement planning? What are some of the key points that dentists should be aware of? Well, that's a brilliant question. Thank you, Gabby. Uh, so I would say the first and most important thing to start with and to state mm. is that almost every dentist that we meet has one common factor in the retirement planning. Some stage of their career, they've built NHS pension benefits. So for most dentists, these NHS pension benefits will be a large proportion of the final provision, and therefore, it's a big key point in your planning. Um, so what do you then need to think about once you think about the fact, yes, I actually do have NHS pension benefits? Well, it's important to understand that there's more than one scheme and that the different schemes have different key features. So for listeners who are over 59, they're going to be in the 1995 NHS pension scheme. For dentists that are between... 37 and 59 they're actually going to be in two schemes the 1995 and the current 2015 scheme and then you've got this kind of really small group of between 30 and 37 who are in the 2008 and 2015 scheme almost certainly and then our under 30s are just in the 2015 scheme so you've immediately got this kind of complexity there that says actually I might have two different schemes that I'm already a part of and, and what do they do for me and how do they work? So immediately what we'd say is it's important that you understand that the key differences are is that the 1995 scheme comes with a set, a set retirement age of 60. Mm -hmm. And with that scheme, you not only get a pension, but you also get an automatic tax-free cash lump sum. Wow, okay. 2008 scheme immediately changes the retirement age to be 65. So immediately your standard point at which you're expected to retire is five years later. Mm. Um, you no longer get the lump sum with it as an automatic thing. And, and if you'd like a lump sum at the point you retire from your pension scheme, you actually have to sell some of your pension to do so. So big changes. 
the 2015 scheme takes those differences a step further in that it introduces a standard retirement age that's linked to the individual's own state retirement age. Okay. So what we're talking about then is, is actually the fact that somebody may have a retirement age of 66, but equally they may have a retirement age of 70, depending on the future planned movements in the state pension age. Mm -hmm. So lots and lots of variation there. And this is only going to get more complex with the yeah. 2015 scheme being replaced next year with the 2022 scheme. <laughs> so to me, that's your starting point, and that's your key. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of a lot there that I don't think anybody would have known. Um, and I can see why it's important to be aware of this because there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of information. Um, and I think it's fair to say, yeah, com complexities involved in understanding um, your pension. Is there just, I, I mean, I've always wondered this and I think I think it's um, a question that, that the listeners might be asking too, is is there a, a right age to start considering your pension? Is, is there an age that you would recommend that you start having to think about it? So, I mean, again, brilliant question to ask and, and, and one I could only encourage clients to ask themselves um, is, is when do I start to plan? And for me, the answer is as soon as possible. Yeah. So that the minute, the minute you actually kind of step into a dental practice or step into your first salaried role, you should be thinking, what's my end game here? How, how do I retire from this and what position do I want to be in? Um, because as I said before, the, the earlier you start to think about that, the more freedom and choices you'll ultimately end up with. Um, we've got clients who, who have taken the kind of the bull by the horns and planned early and, and they've now got choices about maybe retiring 55, certainly mm. younger. Wow. Um, I've even got a, re a retired client who's 44. Wow. So <laughs> if you plan early enough, yeah. you know, it genuinely is a case of, of having the choice of how much, how much longer you'd like to work for. Mm. Um, but obviously the later you leave it, the, the less choice you end up with and, and you end up more in kind of a, a forced position. Effectively. Yeah, well, that's but, it. You spoke about choice earlier and if that's something that is appealing to you, um, it, it seems fair to say that the, the right decision is to think early and act early um, if, if you're not sure what you're gonna wanna be doing later on in life. Um, I mean, if I, if I came to you for some advice on this, what are some of the first questions that would be asked? Um, I, I think as soon as we've done that thing of saying, okay, let's actually consider which NHS pension scheme you're in. And as soon as we understand what our clients endpoints are with those benefits the very next thing we'd say to them is, is so what's reality when do you actually see yourself wanting to retire and if if i had a pound for every client that said this to me i'd be a very very rich man <laughs> literally everybody says to me as early as possible right it, it it's just the standard answer that we get um and I absolutely understand where clients are coming from when they answer in that way, because dentistry is an increasingly difficult career in terms of the pressures and responsibilities that you're under. Um, so our job is to turn that into being effectively a reflective standing board, maybe a devil's advocate, and actually saying, to you, well, if this is your current position, this is how likely that aspiration actually is to being fulfilled. So our job is to say either that's brilliant and yes you're on track to get there or that's a great goal to have but actually you've not done enough at this stage to be able to do that so i think the first thing we'd then do is, is say 
look, if these are the standard retirement ages of your NHS benefits, and, and they might be potentially a large or small proportion of, of your planning for retirement, and, and we explain the fact that actually, if you want to retire earlier than the standard retirement ages, to do so means incurring early retirement adjustments on your NHS pension benefit. Mm. We can then start to get a really good feel for the likelihood of someone actually hitting that goal retirement age. And it's important that dentists, when they're thinking about this, understand that the NHS pension scheme retirement ages aren't something you have to be tied to, but you will be tied to them if you don't think about it early enough and you don't think about how else you're going to meet your provision. Um, and at this point, one of the things I always like to say to clients, I remember saying this to somebody back in 2008, who thanks me for saying this to him, even now, kind of 2021, is, is it a dream or a goal? And, and it's really understand, um, important for a client to understand the difference between the two, because effectively, if they don't create a plan and commit to it, a dream of early retirement is going to remain a dream. Mm. It, it, it's going to be something that you hope for, but actually you never achieve. Um, and the most important thing we can do once we really understand that client's aspiration is he's actually helped them put that plan in place. Yeah. Um, when, when people are coming to you, this I guess this kind of links in with what, what I mentioned earlier, but what are some of the key concerns that people have about their retirement and, and their pension schemes? What, what, what kind of worries do people come to you with? So absolutely gabby that's that's a kind of a, a really key one to answer and i think the first thing i would say is is, is clients just have a, a lack of awareness of what a good pension actually looks like mm. so a lot of the time when we talk to clients about the projected pensions they immediately say to us is that a good position to be in um and that's because there's this lack of context in society about what is enough in retirement and, and what the average person comes to retirement with and in, in kind of, um, in society in general, when we remove dentists as a profession from it and look at the average figures, you're kind of looking at the average person being heavily reliant on the state pension for their retirement. And that's absolutely not the case with dentists. The, the NHS pension for those who are in the 50s certainly will be a significant part of what they have in retirement and, and is exceptionally strong provision compared to the average. However, dentists tend to have expectations of a standard of living that is higher than the average so you've got to kind of temper one against the other but i think the other main concern is health um i think it's you know it's common and known within the profession that um your skeleton is is one of your worst enemies in, in having a long dental career and when we talk about the 2015 scheme and potentially ultimately having a retirement age of maybe 70 there's a lot of dentists immediately say, how, how will I practice in my 60s, in my late 60s? What about my dexterity in my hands? What about my eyes? You know, there's lots and lots of things. I've got so many clients who rely on massages, uh, you know, shoulders and necks yeah. Yeah. to be able to practice who are in the 30s and 40s. Mm. And you think, OK, extend that out and start to think how difficult that becomes. So, there's definitely longevity of, of ability to practice as well as affordability of, of actually what's what's reasonable in retirement yeah i hadn't i mean I, I guess it's kind of ignorant of me to say this in a way but i think it probably stems from the fact that my what i do doesn't quite isn't that much of a strain on my body in the same way as as dentists but 
that that is a very good point um <laughs> you know I've, I've spoken to people much like you have who who have spoken about you know making sure they they carry out certain exercises throughout their day to, to guarantee and ensure that their body stays um healthy and 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 pain-free essentially to continue doing their job and um if this if this retirement age is, is going up to 60 70 and, and you're already hitting troubles in your 30s and 40s then yeah i can imagine that is a a key concern of people who you're talking to um Absolutely. yeah doesn't, doesn't surprise me but i mean should should a dentist in terms of of these plans and looking forward and looking at retirement i know for a, for a particularly younger dentists it's easy to think well that is a very very long time in the future and it's not something that i i really need to be thinking about at this moment uh, but how how important is it for dentists to have a have a backup plan essentially or, or a plan b so yeah a plan b is is absolutely imperative but it absolutely is imperative and, and in my my first answer to your first question, I highlighted the large contribution that NHS pension scheme makes the most dentist retirement position. Mm. But there's a real change in career paths happening at the moment. And it's, it's dangerous to assume if you were in your 30s that the NHS pension is going to have the same role um, yeah. in terms of ultimate retirement provision as it does for someone who's currently in the 50s. Mm. We're seeing so many young dentists spend much shorter time in their early career in NHS practice and head to private much quicker yeah. and for the dentists who've kind of been through that era of contract change and moved into private since 2006 typically they've done so with the security blanket having pretty good NHS provision behind them already um, and certainly that changing in career kind of pattern is, is going to have an impact there um, so, you know, we talked about the importance just a minute ago of, of, of kind of also understanding how hard the career is on the skeleton and that you shouldn't expect to physically be able to work into your 60s. So it's where we come back to this kind of standard theme, Gabby, of, of the importance of having a choice, um, you know, and the hope for outcome of, of having um, options. Um, and that relies on having diverse planning in place. So. What happens if you haven't made enough provision to retire when you wanted? Well, effectively, what, what happens is we're seeing dentists more and more take the path of reducing the working hours in the 50s to being just enough working income to come in to meet the outgoings. That's becoming increasingly kind of common practice of, of, of managing. We're also seeing more and more clients take a, a kind of a part-time pattern in the 50s in addition to drawing from the pension benefits. So we're seeing people draw the pension benefits, um, I suppose, early and incurring early retirement uh, adjustments on the pension benefits in some cases and carry on working just to kind of take away a little bit of the strain and the pressure, yeah. uh, both financially and also on, on you know, the day to day of working still. Yeah. Um, so where Plan B gets even more important is, is if you're a practice owner as you're not just relying on having your ducks in a row regarding your pension benefits yeah you're also having having to kind of deal with the complication of timing your exit from the practice and obviously practice owners need to set kind of considerable time aside to consider their likely exit path whether that be mm. uh, whether they may ultimately sell to a corporate buyer and, and whether they would actually want to tie them into the practice for a number of years beyond the sale date 
So obviously, if, if you were planning to retire at 60 and, and you, you set off down that path at 58 and the person buying the practice says, we want to tie you in for five years, that, that's a significantly limiting factor. Um, but equally, just the expectation that a dental practice sale may take a year and you may be tied to that practice throughout that period and that may take you beyond the point at which you wanted to retire. So lots and lots of stuff to consider in, in having a plan B and in, in thinking about obviously the financial aspect of retirement and, and your other choices as to how you could at least lessen your hours. Yeah. Uh, also thinking about the physical impact of, of working through your 50s and your 60s. Uh, and then also thinking about maybe the other things that you need to pre-consider that, that could be barriers to stopping at the age you wanted to. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned um, practice owners then. I was actually, my next question was going to be how does your advice differ for those who perhaps own a practice? Um, so I'm, I'm really glad you you covered that one um, and explained how, how that could have an impact on retirement age and, and, and their thinking and planning. Looking, we've been looking at retirement plans and, and looking ahead. But once you have hit retirement, um, obviously, I guess it doesn't stop there in terms of your plan and, and how you need to think about things. So in terms of after retirement, is it important that the dentists keep reviewing and tracking their plans? Absolutely. And it, it's a really common misconception that if a dentist retires, mm. they no, no longer need regular advice uh, about, about kind of their position. And the number of times um, I've done this job for a long time now, and the number of times I've had clients say to me uh, as they are retiring, so <laughs> is this the last time I'm going to see you? And I immediately say, no, it, yeah. this is the middle of our relationship. You know, I like to see my clients every year where possible at the very least. And, and you're coming into a point where there's still so much to do and there's still so much to plan. So, um, the government introduced pension freedom legislation a few years ago and it created effectively restriction-free access to private pensions for the first time ever. And it, the theory of it is, is brilliant because it suddenly gives people who are retired lots and lots of choice and flexibility. And in theory, it could allow a client to fully withdraw their private, so their personal pension assets on day one of retirement. The, the only caveat being you'd have to be willing to pay the income tax bill that would come with that. So, could be significant but obviously one of the impacts of this flexible retirement era that we're now in is that it, it can lead people to falling into a false trap of, of not necessarily living a sustainable retirement which could in turn lead to quite big income shortfalls in the later stages of retirement and one of the things that we see clients do that is um, a little bit of a pitfall is, is spending the capital assets too early in retirement. So when we plan with clients for retirement, we do so kind of knowing that the first 10 years are your bucket list years. You know, and I've, I've had clients say this to me so many times. It, that first 10 years, it's, it's the trip to New Zealand, it's the cruise around the world, it's things like that. Um, I had a client a couple of years ago do a, a railway carriage tour of, of Canada. And, and the cost of that was tens of thousands of pounds. Um, and, you know, obviously it's absolutely natural for people to want to go and tick off those aspirational things in the first 10 years, where you know that health is on your side, or certainly would hope that health is on your side. But um, effectively that means that you've got high outgoing through that period and, and what you've not got anymore once you've retired 
is that high regular income coming in that gives you high disposable income that allows you to rebuild your saving. So you've got this thing early in retirement where it's really normal for clients to spend up some of their saved capital, whether that be cash, whether it be invested funds, just to support that kind of period of higher costs. Um, so you've got this kind of really tricky balancing act going on where income suddenly less than it used to be you want to spend is, is probably higher than it was in the prior 10 years uh, and it's it's trying to blend that in a way that means that in your 70s and 80s you're not suddenly actually kind of left with Hobson's choice about your standard of living so it, it is a tricky balance it really is a tricky balance um, so Due to all of this, the importance of getting advice throughout retirement remains really high. And, and assuming you're following a plan that's centered around having a sustainable income that you're effectively withdrawing from your assets, it's obviously important to constantly monitor mm. how those assets are growing against the withdrawals that you're making, uh, understanding the overall direction of, of whether the amount that you may be withdrawing from assets is, is sustainable or not sustainable and, and where that leads your future. And equally, it's important to consider whether the assets you're drawing from are in the mm. most tax efficient places they could be. So, you know, one of the things we talk about to clients is, is the importance and the value in building things like ISAs that can give you tax free income in retirement. And obviously, the other thing that changes in retirement is generally people's risk appetite. So, if they are drawing from invested funds, investment ISAs, uh, invested pension assets, it's really important to regularly review portfolio risk balance, portfolio diversification. Obviously, we're in that period where something like the, uh, the pandemic that we've just been through, um, sharp movements in the market can cause sharp movements in your funds, which create knock-ons in your ability to draw income in a sustainable way. So we've got all kinds of things that mean really important that you're still accessing advice regularly. Um, the other thing I'd want to say in this area, really, Gabby, is, is that I think it's really important for clients when they, they hit retirement to not only kind of understand what they'd mm. like to do in those first 10 years and, and, and I suppose who they'd like to be, but also to start to think about okay. where they'd like their assets to go beyond their lifespan. And, and the reason for that is when we talk to clients, who are in the 70s and we talk to them about what their wishes are we're talking to them about uh, estate planning and the impact of inheritance tax on their estates and inheritance tax is this kind of third or fourth level tax that's kind of a 40 percent hit on the wealth that you'd like to pass on and unfortunately once you are too late into retirement what you find is is this thing of choice and options becomes limiting um, because you've got this situation whereby, you know, if you'd like to gift a piece of money away to a, a loved one, a niece, a nephew, whatever it be, typically you've got to survive seven years for yeah. it to actually fall outside of your estate. Now, if you're 75 or 78 and you say, do you want mm -hmm. to take a bet that you'll live another seven years? Absolutely. It's quite a tricky one to answer confidently. So it's not just a case of understanding um, what you need in retirement. It's not just a case of saying, how can I give myself that amount of income in retirement, that amount of capital flexibility. It's yeah. understanding the risk that's behind it, making sure that you, you've got things coming from areas mm -hmm. that cause you the least additional tax, and then also thinking about incurring the minimal possible tax when you yeah. ultimately pass those assets on as well. 
there's lots and lots of reasons to to kind of plan carefully it's definitely not a cease point for sure for sure i mean coming away from this it's going to make me <laughs> ask some questions myself um so it's i've learned a lot from what you've just been saying um, i have no doubt that any any dentals um, team members who are listening will have as well um and ahead of pension awareness day on on the 15th so this coming wednesday um i think it's a great time to, to be having these conversations and, and just making people aware of of what could lie ahead and, and why they should be taking action now um so thank you neil that was that was really good and um yeah like i said i think there's a lot that people can take away here no problem thank you very much gabby